Hi, you're listening to Community Radio. This is 8CCC FM 102.1 in Alice Springs and Tennant Creek. And this is Kitchen Radio, a new show all about seasonal food, what's growing here in your local community and what to do with it in your kitchen. It's good to um, play your promo because you've made one, but <laughs> one, one of these weeks we'll play the whole thing all at once. It was a really good part of the promo. It was the best part, the end of it. <laughs> It was fantastic. Good evening and welcome to your show, Rita. Would you like to introduce your show? Sure. Welcome to Kitchen Radio. I'm here tonight with Beck Goodrum and I've got a special guest tonight and that's Laurie May. Hello. Hi, Laurie May. How exciting. I'm excited to be here. I'm like, I'm I'm very excited. I'm pumped. (laughs) (laughs) That makes three of us. Food. It's one of my favourite things to talk about. Yeah. Yeah, and what have you have you been eating anything good or cooking anything great this week? I I have actually taken a little bit of a back seat in in uh, in cooking this week and let my husband cook for me, which is something I don't usually allow. Not that well, that makes me sound really controlling. Uh, <laughs> no, I've been letting him spoil me, and uh, so he's been doing a bit of the cooking, trying to use up the last of the winter produce in the garden. Is that like the the flowering brassicas? Uh, yes, so lots of cabbage. Yep. So we've got the last. I've still got like two to get out of the garden, but I've been lazy uh, and they're getting sunburnt. So uh, uh, Can you well, – cabbage would last reasonably well, would it, if you picked it and kept it in the fridge? If uh, you had three fridges? It does, yeah. but I've got a lot of cabbage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about sauerkraut, Laurie? I have a bit of sauerkraut already, but it's uh, – yeah, that's probably on the agenda. Kimchi? Uh, I've, all the Womboks have gone. I've taken them all out and turned them into kimchi. So mm. it's getting to that time where it's changing over of the of the garden. Yeah, because you've got to make kimchi before it turns too hot as well. Otherwise, it can do all sorts of weird fermentation. Oh, all right. Have I you made it, Rita? I have made it, yeah. yeah. I've yeah. made it once years back, but yeah, I can't remember now. Yeah, I ran a workshop story, a couple of years ago. No, last year, the year before at um, the Aridlands Environment Centre uh, making kimchi. So yeah. that was really good. Get to show everyone how to do oh, it. Well, I think oh we could God, have you are such good talent as the <laughs> saying goes in media. It could be a, a kimchi radio show coming I know. Up. Well, here, we're, just, we're doing it. It's oh, happening yeah, right now. <laughs> I felt really bad about doing, like, teaching people how to make kimchi because kimchi is one of those things in Korea that you need to have been, like, making for 30 years yes. and gone to kimchi school and yes. be, you know, become a very um, a proficient in making it, whereas I'm like, yes. and you put the wombok in and the spring onions <laughs> and let it sit there for a bit. And so it's, uh, it's, it's backyard... Uh, yep. Non-professional kimchi. Kimchi for dummies. Did it taste good? Oh, it always tastes good. I bet it went down a treat. Mm. Mm. What have you been cooking, Beth? I, I Look, I've been cooking stuff all this week, Rita. As I mentioned earlier, it was my birthday this week, which meant Happy I did. Happy birthday, Beth. Thank you. Uh, but it did, did mean that I've done quite a lot of sort of eating out. I had dinner at Hunnaman's one night, which is, I don't know whether this is very interesting for radio, but yeah, I haven't really been cooking at home much. I've been uh, in and out snacking and... And uh, eating out quite a bit, Lucky and, uh, you, gallivanting yeah. around the town, so supporting some of the local establishments. Uh, so yeah, it hasn't been a big week for cooking for me. Mm-hmm. What about you, Rita? Oh, I've been doing just my regular cooking, but I did make hummus last night, and I've got this really fancy recipe where you have to do certain things. You know, like you know, soak your chickpeas for eight hours, and you must fancy change soaking. the water, water it four times. You know, oh. and then you have to cook them for two hours, and then put bicarb of soda in after two hours and then that's somebody um, who's like making themselves overly important in their recipe making 
Got my trap on. All, oh. all, well, that explains all it. unnecessary. Yeah, I don't know. It's got a really nice texture to it that I, I haven't had um, except with some purchased hummus. So, do do yeah. they say why you need to change the water every two hours? So you don't get that sort of chickpea, stale, watery type <laughs> flavour. Oh, so the water doesn't get the opportunity to like become the aquafaba. Yes, you know, that's the, right. Ah. Yes, yes that's, that's not desirable in this recipe. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Okay, my fancy stuff. Actually, I did have a friend um, who made me a special hummus for my birthday and mm-hmm. it, had, it was parsnip and chickpeas. Okay. But yeah, it was delicious. Oh, it yeah. came from a recipe. It wasn't made up, but not, not that there's any problem with mm-hmm. making up. I personally love a bit yeah. of making it up. It's good. But hey, can I just have a question for both of you about hummus? I used black tahini. It's the first time I've used it in mm-hmm, a yeah. hummus and I just wasn't quite sure about it because it changed the colour completely mm. and the and the flavour as well. Mm. I bet it would. I've never used black tahini in, have I, except for in hummus very yeah. much unhulled in that's yeah i've like had it in yeah. with sugar like with sweet things like on toast which is really weird but my friend used to do oh. it for me when we'd work out bush she'd wake up in the morning and make gluten-free toast and she'd put the black hummus Ooh, and then yummy. honey oh yeah and that was mm. breakfast so that's the only way that i've had it yeah okay I'm not sure if I have it. So black tahini is different again to unhulled tahini. I, th- I think I'm talking about the same thing. It's different seeds. So the sesame uh, seeds oh, are okay. the black sesame, sesame seeds. seeds yeah. Okay. So can you, you buy go. that in your everyday woolies now, can you? We're getting so Afghan fancy traders. in this world. Afghan. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Gaganas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't think I've had it. I've definitely had unhulled tahini. Yes. But then different again with black sesame mm. seeds. Of course. I knew mm. that after the fact. So lots of birthdays at the moment and lots of it's other um, food events happening around spring, Alice Springs. breeding season. So did you know tonight St Phillips are doing this Alice Food Festival? Is it tonight? Yes, it's tonight. Oh. It's like now oh. as we are uh, on radio. Talk, let's talk about that. <clears throat> so this is the second time they've um, run this Alice Food Festival and there's lots and lots of uh, food trucks and the I think the boarding <laughs> students have got a special stall. Okay. And there's uh, tacos there and Ethiopian food. Oh, hmm. my God. The, sorry, this has just been like a turning point in my life, the Ethiopian food stall. Right. That's, they're only at the night markets and That's at the right, yeah. school for now, oh. but hopefully next year they'll be at the, the Sunday markets. And I um I used to live in East Africa and yep. ate a lot of Ethiopian food and, yep. and yum, yum. moving back to the Northern Territory was like, where's the Ethiopian food? Um, yes. Yeah, so it's really, really amazing that they're here and it's so good. Okay. And the, that bread, it. is it the injera? injera yeah, mm. it is so lovely. Yeah, so I haven't even heard about this, so that's fabulous oh, that, to hear. Yeah. And it, it's, I've heard about the food festival, but not the Ethiopian food. Yeah, I once stayed at Mount Isaac because I'd heard, I'd seen on television that there was a, um, a motel <laughs> there which was owned by um, a couple and the, the wife was Ethiopian. And I went there just, I stayed yeah. there just so I could eat there that night, but she was away. Oh, oh no. <laughs> she gone to the market. Yeah, so they gave me some frozen injury, but it wasn't quite the same. No, it's amazing how I think we often stay places that might not be somewhere we would normally stay for the for the food. Like yeah. some of us do. Like. Oh, mine is mine is the uh, <laughs> mine is the Paraway in Catherine. I don't know. Oh, okay. The Paraway Hotel. I love it there. It's the accommodation is very basic. It's it's actually. Not as cheap as it should be, uh, but this the hot stone steak um, okay. is <laughs> superb, and so I I go there for the steak. Can I just, as an aside, speaking of reviews, I, I was at a um, a dinner party last night, and someone was asking me about 
the radio show and if we did reviews and I said, no, absolutely, we don't do reviews <laughs> on the radio well, show. We give our I'm opinions just... about all sorts of things that we're not probably not qualified to do, but yes. But uh, it's, it's good to actually introduce a review if it's a positive review as well. It, it, <laughs> it is. If you're in Catherine, go to the Paraway Hotel. <laughs> We are not sponsored. Oh, no. I've done all sorts of uncalled for plugs, but not deliberately. No, no, just just accidentally. Peas on toast from the Good Cafe last week. Ah. Yes. It's the only place in the entirety of the Northern Territory where I've really, really enjoyed steak, and I've been going there for 10 years. Wow. All right. And it hasn't changed. I mean, it's a piece of meat on a hot rock. It's. But still, it sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. A hot tip, and I haven't haven't ever been there, but there you go. Next time in passing through Catherine. There you go. I'll be sure. I'll be sure. I'll friend you on Facebook so you can remind me which place was it. So mm. I've heard of two other food happenings or events in Alice Springs and one of them is at the Jump In where Gunnar Nielsen has broken his ankle. So he's got a Kwandong farm yes. out at um, Heffernan Roadway and yes. he's got lots of Kwandongs yes. and um, they're now selling those Kwandongs at the Jump In. Yeah, it's um, so the, it's not the, – there's two things there in that there story. Are, one is yeah. that Gunnar Nielsen, who's a very popular local character – as I hear from Facebook, as I read on Facebook, and uh, they're fundraising by selling his Kwandongs at the Jump In over the bar. That's right. You can buy them for $30 a kilo and get on down there. What are are we fundraising for? Fundraising for... um, For his broken ankle? For Gunnar, like, you know, his recovery and support. okay. But they're his Kwandongs that are being harvested to sell. But also tomorrow there's a... If you want to go and find out about Kwandongs and help harvest, 9am out there at the block. You need to get on Facebook if you want to know. You do, but there's a barbecue and all sorts of things. Morning sausage is a Kwandongs fresh community event. But um, watch this space. It's got curries. More food, more food, more food. Yeah, watch this space. They're doing a big climate change get-together this afternoon. I did hear a rumour that a pig had been slaughtered to... Everybody so everybody could eat the pig tonight and watch this space. Now, I could not verify that rumour. <laughs> but I think sounds... it was such a good story. And In fact, I'd heard it was Rodney's pig that we met last week, Beck, and I was a little <laughs> bit distressed at first because I, I felt like I bonded with that pig. But then Rodney told me that's not his, – his pig has been slaughtered but it's in his freezer. So this is a, another pig. I wonder if it's a real – Story. Anyway, look, somebody might know. Phone in if you do know. It's worthwhile going down to watch this space it's to see if there are pork sandwiches there. Yeah, it's just worth going to watch this space if you if you're uh, up for a bit of socialising and, and it's also, a chill out wind down from sure. today's um, um, climate events change action. March events. Yes, rally. What time? Just to can I quickly jump back? What time is the St Philip's Food Festival happening? The, uh, just in case anybody wants to rush on down for some Ethiopian food straight after radio. Yeah, I think it's from five till eight. From okay. memory. Yeah. All right. Well, clashing events, but everything being so close in this town, we can uh, do it all. Yeah, and I should say that the uh, St. Philip's Festival also has cooking demonstrations and they've okay. actually got cooking classes. There was a dumpling class mm. that was all sold out ah, and there's some yeah. Thermomix people there. What the hell? But did and they kill a pig? <laughs> no, I don't believe so. <laughs> Watch this face wins, except that we probably made that up. Well, I I was told it. It was a rumour. It's unverified, but I'm, I'm not claiming this is happening. Yes. I just want to put it out there. Isn't yes. it exciting if it was happening? Yes. Don't shoot the messenger. I know. The, fir- the first time I ever saw a, 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 you know, a pig being slaughtered, actually I was, I was living in East Africa and my neighbours were killing this, this, this pig and I remember looking out the window and just being like, oh, that's so, you know, it's kind of, it's in the backyard and it was a bit, it was a bit gross. Like it looked a bit gross. And then I was just like, fresh pork. <laughs> Um, and then I popped my head out and I yelled out the window and I said, can I have some? And they were like, yeah. 
Sure. So I got I got pork that y- night. Yeah. It was delicious. I cooked it myself. Yeah. Oh, okay. They gave you a piece of meat. Yes, I got a got a chunk. So is it is it like many people in the world out there in the world not not our Western world very generous with food? Doesn't matter how poor people are. It's like we have a killed animal and there you go, have a chunk. I wouldn't say for anyone. Mm. I think it's because I was we all lived in this little tiny awful awful house that was built. I don't know how. I ended up living there, but it was like a, a, a little shack yep. and it was split into little rooms and we were, there was like 10 of them in one room and I had one room to myself, which was felt oh. a bit indulgent. Yes. So a neighbourly thing. Neighbourly thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I have okay. been given a piece of bullock in, in Yindamu once that was still warm. Yeah. 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 So it does happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But speaking about pork... Did you and know bullock. and bullock and, and lamb and, and farmed crustaceans? <laughs> Did you and know climate <laughs> that in terms of um, eating, what we can do in terms of um, reducing our carbon footprint? If we could avoid eating beef and lamb, that would be a good thing. And, and funnily enough, pork is kind of fifth on the list of foods mm. to avoid. Mm. In fact, after cheese even and farmed crustaceans. Uh, I think baby spinach uh, needs to be on that down. list oh, if really? it's in the plastic. Oh, wow. Packaging yeah. the carbon footprint on plastic prepackaged, yes. uh, like lettuce. You've got you've got baby kale, baby lettuce, which I'll talk about in a minute. Um, or anything that comes in a plastic bag, yeah. pre-washed, pre-packaged, has a really high carbon footprint because not only the amount of water it takes to grow these beautiful lush yes. little baby products for everyone, like just let it grow up. The, then it takes all the water to to wash them because they have to wash them a certain way, yeah. and then the plastic packaging, which then of course contributes to plastic waste and then the uh the carbon footprint from transporting them and trucking them in climate controlled vehicles all the way into Alice Springs so certainly living in the Northern Territory buying pre-packaged lettuces and and kales and baby spinaches and rocket it's such a you you Laurie May have just become the the topped Google in terms of your information, <laughs> your your knowledge, because we did Google what's the carbon footprint of kale, just kind of for a lark to see, because mm. it lists all of the, you know, the, the carbon footprint foods, it lists all of the main protein mm. sources, the meats and so on. But of course, there are a lot of factors in if you're really thinking about these things properly, i.e. if you can go out on one of the stations, let's not name anybody, and shoot a bullock and eat beef, then surely that is going to be a much lower carbon footprint than... Eating a vegetarian diet that's coming from one of the major supermarkets and Absolutely. it's all packaged like it. Mm. There's a lot to weigh up. I mean, if you had a goat in your yard and you eat chopped that, off its leg, you, you know, well, you to eat, you probably want to kill, kill it first. first. <laughs> <laughs> you know, then then yes, that would definitely. I want to sustain sustainably harvest it. <laughs> that would, but however, you know what goes well with meat and also with vegetarian diets is. <gasps> Are you going to segue into I, kale? Oh, no, you, are you staying on track? I'm going to segue. I'm so sorry. This is your show. This is our show to stay off track I've, on. I've neatly laid out my kale samples and varieties here. She gave away the secret ingredient of the week. I think only, it was already given oh, away about five minutes. Only 20 minutes <laughs> into a half an hour show. See, that's why I needed to know. <laughs> Rita, what's the secret ingredient this week? I think we all know what ah. the secret's no longer a secret ingredient, but it is a special ingredient of the week, which right. is which is kale. Laurie May's sitting there with some of the most beautiful little 
leaves in front of her and bird of the week is kale and we've asked Laurie May here to come in and talk about kale because I know she knows so much about kale. That's why I'm here. Yes, so kale is really easy to grow, obviously rocket, spinach, all of those things. You don't need to be buying them in a store, particularly where we live. They also don't require as much water as I think people kind of think they do living in the desert if you've got a um, wicking bed. It doesn't actually require that much, particularly in winter. In um, winter, kale does not require that much water. Kale is particularly hardy, even compared to rocket spinach, whatever. It seems to me to be pretty hard pretty hardy when I've grown it. But it. It is. And once again, then it depends on the type of kale. Some yes. of them are stronger than others and, and have a longer yes. uh, growing life. So the four varieties of kale that I've brought in, I kind of wish we were, I wish we were on TV because they're so pretty. The Beautiful. challenge of describing. <laughs> yeah. So I've brought in a, a red Russian kale, which is, as you can see, it's got a purple stem. It's got, uh, you know, very green leaves, but with, with the purple veins in it. So that's... um. And very lacy, like lacy foliage, I guess. I don't know. what Would you call that lacy? Yeah, it's kind of, I love it. I don't really know what to call it. Yeah. But it is beautiful. So this is. Uh, as opposed to like the flat leaf of a silverbeet or a spinach. Yes. It's got that very. Uh, it's like, intricate. Yeah, lacy. And three dimensional. Yeah. It is yeah. indeed. And I think the mistake people make, because obviously I was saying in the car on the way here, everyone, people love kale and they want to be able to love kale and they want to eat kale. And the thing that you hear all the time is, oh, kale's gross and I don't like kale. I'm not eating kale. <gasps> and it actually has to do with what you're doing with it is you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So sure. if you don't like kale, it's you. Yeah, not you the are kale. not the kale. Yeah. So this is the red Russian kale. And one of the biggest mistakes you can do with this is think, oh, well, I'm going to try kale and everyone talks about kale chips and I'll put it in the oven. Turning this into kale chips is disgusting. Bum, bum. It does not taste nice. So this kale works really well in tomato-y dishes uh, with mushrooms. A really lovely thing to do with this, well, I do all the time so I have so much of it, is I just uh, chop it up give it a quick saute uh, and then I make a, a bread dough and I yep. roll it out and then I put a bit of a layer of some mozzarella and then I put some fried mushrooms, like lots of mushrooms and then lots of this beautiful sauteed kale and I make like a tomato sugo and then I fold the, the bread over so it's kind of like a giant calzone. calzone there you go. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. Uh, and then bake it in the oven until it's nice and golden and it is absolutely delicious. So, wow. Um, yeah, it also goes really well. I in, in, want that. <laughs> Sorry, I I should have made That's the dishes <laughs> goes really nice in tomatoey pasta dishes as well oh, okay. it is quite um a tough kale and it is hearty this one you can, can if I you yeah if it's got aphids oh wow it's it quite <laughs> it is quite tough feeling yeah. it's almost you rubbery. can also use it as a pot scrubber <laughs> if you run, if you run out. <laughs> Uh, and that's also one of the ones that if people want to eat raw kale salads, mm. you would not eat that as a raw kale salad because I've done, I've done that. It is tough Just and saying. chewy. It's, yeah, great. Wasn't and Laurie, it? I don't think I've ever seen this for sale anywhere. <clears throat> they do sell that one sometimes at Coles. Okay. And that way, and, and I've seen it a lot at um at Food for Alice. Um, I have okay. seen it before. Yep. And this is definitely the kale that I think people go get. It puts people off kale. Um, but it's only because you're cooking it wrong. Yeah, I must be super tough, but I guess I knew that already. Oh, yeah. I've liked that as a salady kale. Like a, oh. Yeah. Oh, Chopped up very fine. Yeah, okay. Super fine right. with a vinaigrette. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Yeah. And it, it is, um, it grows really well. Like it's still growing at the moment. It's just started to attract aphids. I think I washed them all off, yeah. But it'll grow well into, um, you know, end of spring. Yeah. Um, yep. A week 
Let's go to the next End of spring, a.k.a. 46 degrees. (laughs) As in next week. Yes. Um, So this is actually a really underrated kale. And this is also another kale that um, people try and put in the oven. Um, I've done that. That doesn't work. (laughs) Just saying. This is is the kale that I eat and I love this kale. Yeah, this is a a Cavolanero. So this is what's called a black kale. And this is an Italian kale. Yes. So um, it's also known as curly leaf. Oh, no, not curly leaf. What's it called? What do they call it? Bubble leaf kale. Or okay. Yeah. Um, it, is, it is bubbly, isn't it? Like bubble wrap almost. Yeah. yeah. It is. It's got. It's dark green. It's bubbly. It's it's not your curly leaf. Uh, and it is a very typical kale uh, not to be put in the oven. This uh, has its roots in, well, it comes from Italy. So obviously oh. all kale originated from um, Southeast Asia, but then the, the you know, variations yes. uh, in Europe changed. So this is Italian kale. It goes really well in um, soups. There's a soup called ribolita, which yes. you're probably more familiar with Italian cooking than I am. Um yeah, I don't make that with it. I um I I actually fry onions and garlic, and I will just steam this or pour sort of hot water on it and chop it up and just have it with um with garlic and onions. I really like oh. it, and I interchange this with spinach, like with um, cannelloni, uh, and I really mm. like it. But you know, many years ago, I ate this at a very small restaurant in Melbourne, and it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I've never ever been able to cook it the way they cooked it. They, what, what was it in? I don't know. It was just by itself. It was like maybe maybe the, how I'm talking about cooking it now is the closest, which was just mm. maybe with sort of garlic and sautéed. But, um, you know, for a long time I really struggled to make that taste good. But this winter mm. I feel like I've actually succeeded mm. in cooking and enjoying black kale. Yeah. I, I love it in the in the which which is kind of you know just like a, a minestrone um, yeah. sort of style soup yeah. um, ribolita but and I also like I just pan fry it but then I put in like a dash of water so it doesn't like burn yes. and then you just grill a piece of fish put that on top if you make like a bureau blanc sauce pour that over it is delicious with it goes well with a creamy sauce yes. yeah it's really hearty as well i find mm. it's I got do, a really hearty I flavor i bought a lot of this this year from i'm actually not growing kale this year yeah, i'm actually growing no, that i'm not home. growing much yep. but i'm buying it from fruit Alice and i do love it and this is this is a regular with my yep. egg breakfasts this is the variation yeah, I agree. On the spinach yeah me too but i would never um eat, same, eat that I raw s- i sort of saute you? it but no, with a bit of water have, you, you wouldn't mm. eat that raw i do i would and i've made kale chips from i'm just saying i know i'm obnoxious um, but yeah, this is the one that Throw has the rules a, a, out the window. When it is turned into a kale chip, it um it has a I think a smell and a taste that isn't uh, necessarily yeah. that pleasant. That's what was going on. Um, I thought it was the mice in the <clears throat> oven. You <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't have mice in your oven. But yeah, so this was one of the first kales that I started eating in Darwin many years ago, and it was because I got an Italian cookbook. Um, and they called for Cavolanero and I was like, what the heck is Cavolanero? Uh, and then I found yeah. someone growing it. It wasn't even um, that it was, it wasn't even for sale back then. You couldn't go to Woolworths and, and buy it. Yeah. And so that was really exciting that, you know, that I got to try it um, and it, it sort of kickstarted my love of all things kale. Do you reckon, have you seen that one for sale commercially? Yes, they okay. sell it all the time now at Coles oh, and Woolworths. Right. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, I've seen yeah. it at Premium Pete, but not at um, Coles or Woolworths. Mm. I'm not looking out for it, though. I always no. want to buy this. If I buy this, I'll buy it at Food for Alice. It's yeah. there, but it's not there all the time. Mm-hmm. So this is one that doesn't last as well in the heat. So this is a great winter kale. Yeah. Um, it's in, in the cold weather, its leaves are really, really hard and crispy. Well, crispy, you know, not crispy. It's, it's really lovely. Mm. Uh, and then, you know what's beautiful in winter? You wake up, you go out, you pick some, you just toss it in the pan, chuck in some scraps 
scram- you know, some yeah, eggs agree, and yep. just scrambled right. eggs and kale. Yes. It's my number one go-to. Yeah. But can I just yum, say, yum. if you do have that growing in your garden, you probably need to eat it quick. Would that yes. be right? Yeah. Yeah. Thankfully, this weekend's a bit cooler, which is nice. But once the temperature starts hitting over 30, it goes sad and wilty and mm. you'll notice it'll actually start um, start it, to die. To, yeah. And does it burn mm. a bit it, as well? Yeah, yeah, it will. The next kale is your, is your stock standard. Curly kale is your curly green. It's actually it's called a it's it's not green kale. It's actually blue kale. Uh, so this is a a Scotch blue. This is one of the varieties, and that's your standard green curly kale. This is what you make kale chips from. Okay. Okay. Absolutely, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Laurie I've definitely Mayo noted it. I've definitely noted it. <laughs> <laughs> you can also get a purple curly leaf kale. Um, yeah. That's re- exactly like this, and that also goes really nicely with chips as well. And they use it for, um, you know, landscaping a bit. You know, in the botanical gardens, that sort of area where they're doing a special, a special, you know, edible. Anyway, sorry, yeah. I'm off on a tangent it, there. It's but very I've seen it. It's very pretty. Yeah, it's a beautiful kale. It's a it's kind of one of the kales that you use for everything it's the one you if you want to make a healthy salad you rub the leaves you know you massage the leaves, massage the leaves. <laughs> i've never been comfortable with saying massage your kale leaves <laughs> but here we are wow i didn't even know that this existed and well, uh, massaging of kale leaves no, yeah no absolutely uh, i don't mind it i'm into it but uh, I, and th- this what goes in your in your green smoothies you know when people say i'm having okay. a green smoothie with kale don't do it with these the purple and the cavolinero it's horrid but if you have your green smoothie you put your curly leaf or your blue mm. scotch in it and it's it's not that strong a flavor and i think that's why it's probably the most mm. um, popular and it's the one you see all the time at Coles and Woods. It's the main kale yes. and um, then, in and, Australia. And when you buy it, I find it quite overwhelming because the bunch is quite yeah. big as well. Huge, mm. yes. Mine was big in winter. This is a this is what they look like in spring. They're about a quarter or an eighth of the size. Yeah. When when the weather's cold and, you know, you've, especially if you've had a frost, which we didn't actually get we got um, stuff all many frosts. No. In my garden, we had like one minuscule frost. Yeah. It wasn't really yeah. worth writing home about but the the colder it is the frostier it is the bigger you're going to get your kale leaves very much Laurie, a winter can you thing. tell me mm. how you do your mm. kale chips um i just uh put a little rub a little bit of olive oil on them once again we're rubbing our kale mm-hmm. and then i just chuck them in the oven with salt i don't i put salt on after what about nutritional soy um, Do you ever put that on? <coughs> no, okay. I don't. And a good hot oven, like a quick blast in a very yeah. hot oven. Is that? Um, yeah. Or just whatever. I don't know. Just yeah. 180. Yeah, I don't know either. I, I okay. love making kale chips. It's, but I, I have tried them times, with nutritional soy and it's it's really is that, yummy. Is nutritional soy like nutritional yeast? Oh, is no, that, nutritional that sort of yeast, thing? I've got the wrong name. It's, and that's a good vegan. It is a great vegan supplement. meal, yeah. And mm. it's got that umami. Oh yeah, you yeah. Sort of, it really kind of hits home. Like it's, I've done it with parmesan as well. Yeah, but um, nutritional yeast. Sorry, that's right. right. Um, I've definitely right. yeah sprinkled you know tamari on it instead of salt. Yeah, or whatever. But yeah. after they're cooked, just a bit of. I just like them on their own. But I, I, I tend mm. to not make kale chips very often. Like that was like I think I haven't done it in about four or five years. Yeah. Is it because you think that's like a waste of oh, the kale? Not really. I just can't just be bothered. Can't be bothered. Okay. I just chuck it in the pan. Yeah. This goes in everything pretty much, like particularly over winter. I eat a lot of it. Can't really think of like the perfect recipe for it because it's one of those things that's mm. an all-rounder. Yeah. So it's your sort of generic 
all round okay. Whereas the other ones, I have like specific things that I make with them. Yeah, and okay. I should mention that Lauren May's growing all these kales in her garden. <coughs> yes, these are all from my garden. The fourth and final kale that I have for you today, and there are obviously like you know ten other kales, but um, this is just the four that I have. This is a really weird kale. This is a very strange one. So this is actually called a uh, is um, in the ornamental kale family. Kale. Yes. <laughs> um, so when it kind of grows, it is it is kind of more like a it's like a bouquet. Yeah. So you could understand if someone gave you that as a book, you'd be like, oh. Actually, it did look really pretty. I said to, to my husband, I said, I should have had that as my wedding bouquet. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Can we just describe it, Laurie? Can you just describe that? Yeah, it, it's a really strange kale. So the stem of it is is white uh, and then it's got these really insane like kind of hand-looking leaves that come off since you've got maybe like, you know, 20 or 30 of the little kind of strand leaves and then it's really got like a parsley-ish kind of look to the end of each little leaf and it varies in color so some of the leaves are more white and some of them are more green but it's it's um, fairly seaweedy isn't it yes yeah, I mean, like, and it's variegated yeah. as well mm. yes um, it's, a variegated, it's a variegated that's the yeah. word yeah. it's a variegated yes. oh, yes. it's worth more yes <laughs> and laurie how does this compare taste wise with the other kales you've got there uh, this is a really tough kale. It's really chewy. Um, if you eat it raw, it's like, mm, okay, you got to chew through it. So it's more used as a uh, as a cabbage, yeah. Okay. So substitute. Because it looks a little or bit ornamental. more like the uh, Russian kale. If I was going to compare it to any of the other three you've got there. Mm, absolutely. So it's um, probably, and I don't know about this, but it's probably from the same sort of area you know of of europe i know it's it's very similar to a siberian kale and it's probably more uh in looks um more similar to the original wild kales you have been missing on kitchen radio for our previous five episodes <laughs> can i have a can i have a look oh yeah that's uh, only in regards oh, to yeah. kale. well you are you gonna cook this with one that would one? definitely make a good kitchen I, ha- I have been also my chickens love that one so i have okay. a hard time because i have so much kale that that uh this white they, one they, they love to eat it they do can the i have a little taste too, too? yeah mm, it's not that, that tasty no, <laughs> but I, I like it now that we've talked about all the subtle differences or perhaps not oh. subtle I mm. really love to. See, I want to take a photo of all four yeah. kales. Oh, you absolutely yeah. can. Now I've put them started on. eating it. There so. will be if you are if you do happen to be listening, then uh, and you're interested in all these different kales, then yeah, check out Facebook because Rita will post. Um, oh, yeah, on the eight triple C website. Uh, is it well, on Facebook? That? Sorry, A-C-C-C. is it on eight triple C? No, it's not. It's actually, on the Kitchen it Radio Facebook. It takes a bit of time. So oh. on Kitchen Radio Facebook page, mm. or actually we're on iTunes. You can find us on iTunes. With the podcast. As a podcast. You, would you see the photo there? No. No, no, you'd see the photo, yes. <laughs> Check out. Facebook page. Check out Kitchen but Radio Facebook page. you can Facebook hear us page. on iTunes. <laughs> but if you want, now that you've had a little taste of one of them, mm. I think you should have a little nibble of yep. the others. So as you can tell from eating the white peacock kale, it actually has a more cabbage. Yeah. Um, it's- flavor to it yeah i can't even i can't even think of describing the other ones i think we need to sit down and chew them all yeah well i think so, we're going to do that shortly yeah we'll get a photo of them so all part of the brassica family yes um, you know such and, uh, a such a huge family i gotta know i guess if somebody had the brains for it right now one of us three then we could um tie that whole thought back into you know switching to a more vegetarian based diet and mm. climate change and food security grow your own 
I think that's, I think you just, you just that's throwing out the words yes. now, but it is. Yes. <laughs> Can you put it into a sentence? <laughs> um, I'll give it a go. So I think one of the things about what I want to do is let people know that you can buy these things mm. locally. I, you know what? You can actually grow all of these. We're playing past um, the kale now. <clears throat> it's yeah. delicious. You can grow all of these in a pot. So if yeah. you, and actually they grow really well indoors in a sunny area. So if you have a windowsill, wow. that can take a plan if you're living in a unit. So there isn't really a reason that you can't grow them if unless you absolutely physically for, for you know whatever reason can't then you can also swap things locally mm. so there's a great facebook page called grow swap share yeah um, and if you've got like if i have heaps of kale which is um, hard because i do tend to eat a lot of it i might put <laughs> I've it only up got there. three kilometers <laughs> growing i do i have a lot of, i eat a lot of kale what can i say <laughs> so i eat a lot of uh it's called a locavorian diet mm. um and so it's yep. about trying to eat as much as you can locally and whether yes. that's through growing swapping visiting food for alice yes um it definitely makes more sense than having things chucked in in a plastic sleeve yes these are the things we've been talking about plenty and it's yeah not only is it you know fabulous for the planet and our own bodies but it's also just good fun it's an incredible way to connect with community having conversations around for me anyway for around food and you know what we're all doing with it and the food for Alice stall is a great example of that okay has anyone everyone else has eaten the curly leaf one raw yes yep okay i think this one tastes like grass <laughs> i'd have to taste some grass to compare yeah <laughs> i eat a lot of grass i can say <laughs> There are no excuses mm. and yet I'm not And we have so growing. much sunshine. You're not going to grow? No, no, I'm just saying I haven't got much going in my garden and it's a total shame job. Yeah, just I've got the black no kale excuse. growing. Yep. I just went to the um, nursery today and mm. got some seedlings because I was worried I was a bit late. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to have to go What did you buy? Mm. What you- tomatoes. I bought a lot of tomato seedlings. Yes. I bought some. A bit late, i.e. it got to 35 degrees all of a sudden. It did. I panicked. I yeah. was like, oh, no, I haven't, got my, and I haven't got my summer. cabbages out. And so this weekend I'm going to spend, while the day's a bit cooler, uh, get rid of the cabbages, pull out some of the kale. I'll probably leave some of the more hearty ones for a bit longer. But it's definitely time to get the uh, the eggplants and the tomatoes, zucchinis, yeah. Um, yeah. cucumbers. And if you really are committed thing. to climate change, like it's all about also what we can each do personally and within our own sort of space that we live in. Yeah. And, you know, certainly growing your own food. Like you're an inspiration, Laurie May. The fact that you actually grow and eat so much of your own food is, is really inspirational. It is. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how my neighbours feel about that though with the uh, when the chickens lay an egg early they make a lot of noise so <laughs> it's funny I tell people where I live and they go oh yep yep with the chickens <laughs> you're known you don't I have am. roosters though no just the chickens because you were allowed to have chickens in an urban area you are the person before me though who lived there had turkeys uh, uh, and so neighborhood kids I, would ride by and they would go you know gobble 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 and the turkeys go you know they yeah. do it back they're yes. very call and response birds so for about a year after <laughs> living there and the turkeys were gone mm. uh, kids would still ride by my house and yell out gobble 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 yes um, did and you, they didn't get a response back so eventually they stopped but you didn't take it that. personally <laughs> no i was gonna go out and do it <laughs> Back as a joke, but then I thought that was a bit weird. <laughs> Standing in my yard going, go, go, go. Too weird for you. Well, uh, what's, on, what's on our agenda, Rita? Because I have just noticed the time. Or I, I have been noticing the time for the, such. for the last 10 we've got, minutes. We've got, we have a vague, stru- vague structure, but... Um, is there, yeah, is there no. things we must mention? If you, no, are, if you do happen no. to be listening, keep on growing, keep on eating. Get on the Facebook page and give Rita some love, like share your ideas for... 
recipes and or for whatever, future shows. What have you been doing yep. with your kale or whatever? We just yeah, we would love a bit of interaction. Although tonight has been a big boost in interaction because we've it's got Laurie May here. <laughs> Absolutely. And get on down to watch this space to tonight. Tonight as well as chill the... Chill out, um, wind down post-climate march and also curries and food bits. And the Alice Food Festival the at food St. Festival Phillips. Food Festival at St. Phillips uh, for some Ethiopian extravaganza but also lots of other food lots sure, of food yeah, trucks absolutely. and if it's you, just that i've got my eye on yeah. the ethiopian mm. and fare. if you're really feeling like quandongs well then head over to the jump in and buy yourself a kilo for just 30 dollars. just 30 dollars for a kilo of quandongs if you don't know what they are then i think it's worth splashing out i mean you spend just half a kilo would be four fine. or five dollars on a coffee and not think about it get on down for 30 dollars of quandongs and explore them Okay, so let's finish off today's show with a real celebration of kale and that's with JJ Kale. <laughs> boom, boom. Singing um, Crazy Mama and I'd just like to thank Laurie May for inspiring kale stories. I'm going to go home and cook kale all weekend. I can talk about kale all day. Till it's really weird. Yeah. Kale and bees. You want to talk honey? Oh, kale. I think we'll be having you back here Me. pretty soon, Bill, Laurie May. definitely be a honey show. Ah, okay. Morris, thanks for having me. Lock that in. So just um, if you are listening to this on a podcast, just remember you'll need to go and find Crazy Mama in iTunes or Spotify. But if you're listening to this live, well, lucky you, you can listen to JJ Kale singing Crazy Mama. Thanks for tuning in. Talk to you next week.